Hello everyone and welcome to Flawless, a music podcast. My name is Grant and I'm joined today with my co-hosts, George. Hey Team Music! Oh, it's back. <laughs> and of course, Liam. Hello Team Music, living the dream. Living the dream. There are no guests tonight, guys. It's just the three of us, the original. We're not going to reference any sort of three... No. No, that, no. Was, that was maybe... Folly. A folly. We don't need <laughs> that. Folly. No, we just sometimes... We just need to regroup, right? Yeah. We just it. need to get back to basics. Settle. Just bring something and present an album that we believe is flawless. Amongst ourselves. Yeah. So it's just the three of us uh, tonight, guys. Now, each episode of Flawless, a host or a guest nominates an album that they believe is flawless, and we discuss how they discovered it, what they love about it, and what makes it flawless for them. We, of course, have got a Facebook group. It's called Flawless Friends and Family. And it's where we discuss all things music that we love and that you love. And we post in there about upcoming episodes and what episodes are nominated. You can find that link in our show notes. Now, of course, you do already know what that album is, but we're going to get there. (laughs) Apart from all of that social stuff, we as a podcast also have a Patreon. And it's limited to 100,000 members. Liam, was that right? Yep. And get in quick. You got to get in quick, absolutely. Because once that's reached capacity, that's it. I won't take any more money. No. The royal we. And to be fair, Grant and I are Patreon members and we're not giving up our spots. No, No, I'm not. And I can tell you, I'm getting value for money. VFM. (laughs) Okay, so get on it. Um, And he's an accountant, so you have to believe him. That's it. In cybersecurity at that. Wow. Yep. And and a, a, a qualified economist, if there's such a thing. Nevertheless, you can back us on this Patreon for as little as a dollar a month and you can get early and it provides you with early access to our episodes, access to our bonus episodes and of course provides you, the listener, with that incredibly warm, fuzzy feeling inside that you're helping us spread the flawless love. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash flawless AMP. Now because I am talking and we don't have any guests it is, of course, so my opportunity. One, one possible answer for yeah. why that would be. Correct. Oh my gosh, I'm, so, I'm completely surprised. Hold your breath, people. I'm nominating the album tonight. It is, of course, as you know in the show notes or in the header, Siamese Dream by the Smashing Pumpkins. No, nice. he did not. Yeah. <laughs> no, I did. I did. Nice I, work. I did. Do, 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 Thank do, do. you. Now, despite the observation that we have in previous albums, whereby something around 34 to 38, maybe early 40 minutes, mm-hmm. gets you across the line. I've gone long. I don't, yeah, go, going short doesn't guarantee you no, it doesn't. Line, but the longer it is, the less there is a danger. There, there is, is a danger there, in going long. Yeah, there is so a danger. How long is this album? This album is an hour and two minutes. That is a long time. It, it is. is a long time, and I, I appreciate that those with potentially 
young non-flawless ears may have felt that it's long however i didn't think so and that's why i proposed it <laughs> okay of I course like released on virgin records on the 27th of the 7th 1993 the so. date is important oh because it's also the date of pearl's birthday pearl being your daughter my second child named nice. after a band and maybe okay. my granddaughter but anyway you're kidding she's named after pearl jam we knew that he mentioned that in the pearl jam episode uh, uh, my like, brain just broke because i was like i thought you meant the actual day like 1993 no like, <laughs> you, you don't have a 29 year old daughter i'm sure we've covered that so, okay yes. july 27th happy birthday for a couple of days ago correct because we are now yeah. in but august but not 1993 yes um and in fact there was another um, I think Iron Maiden have also released an album on the 27th of nice. July. I haven't, didn't manage to research how many other albums on that date, but we should do here a we go. We should do a bonus episode of albums released on our birthdays. Oh, wow. Ooh. Yeah, that's true. I probably, um, I, I probably won't listen to any of the ones listed on my birthday. Yeah, but, but doesn't matter, like, but that'd be a good bonus be episode. Cool. Who else listened to albums released on my birthday? I was literally birthday? born on Valentine's Day, so all of my albums will be shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Grant. Yes. Tell us about Siamese Dream and your exposure to Siamese Dream back in 1993. Maybe? 1993, maybe. You were such a baby. <laughs> I was a baby back then. Um, I don't believe I heard uh, the singles or even potentially the album until 1994. Mm -hmm. um, and certainly remember getting back. So for those of you that haven't listened to all of the podcasts in order. You may, mightn't be aware that I was, I'm, A, I'm not from Australia, but B, I was at boarding school over this period. Um, and um, I would highly suggest you probably stop listening now and go back to number one and listen to all of them because they're all awesome. Back there, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So 19, April 1994, I stand to be corrected, around about the 5th of April, I was on a plane, I, I, um, on a school tour to the United States of America. I vividly remember sitting um, in front of a huge TV screen on the plane and there was, um, it's going 1994, so you only had one. There was a picture of Kurt and he'd just taken him he just suicided okay oh, um wow. so we rock up we're flying to america on this on the school tour and anyway we came back from that with new music because i mean in a small town and very small boarding school town that's where you, you know we've got new music so we came back with um stuff like siamese dream counting crows august and everything after um, um blind melon no rain single yellow lead better single so nice. there was there was some um there was some nice discs getting at the time that, getting into that college and grungy rock yeah you know so okay. so certainly was aware of of the psalm before i think today okay um, so disarm you think was the first well i think so yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and 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 wow. um yeah i just reckon that was it because i think it was um i just remember hearing that one first so um, so you had you hadn't heard Gish the album? No, no, no I hadn't Simon heard Gish. Was your first one. Gone yeah. back, gone cool. back to Gish. Mm -hmm. um, didn't hold the um, the same um, relevance for mine. Um, but yes, and I, and I actually do own so I own this album and I own Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, which is the um, you know the double double yep. CD one mm -hmm. from one end this. of '95, I think. '95, yeah, around yep, there, yeah, around about '95 it came out. It's mm -hmm. definitely '95. I've just checked. Nice. There you go. Um, and, and then have you kept with them after that as well? No, not really, huh? Hey? Right. So. Um, but again, it was 
you know, after 95, it was, oh, forgive me, that's actually a fib, because in between, well, in between, there was Pisces Iscariot, which mm-hmm. was another overseas import. My, I had a family member, family friend or something going overseas, and they said, we can get you a, comp- a CD. And I'm like, wow. And yeah. like, well, what'd you get? And I said, I don't know anything, but if there's a Smashing Pumpkins album, you know, have a listen. Uh, please give, get me that one. But right. that's, um, have a listen to that. That's a really cool one, Pisces mm-hmm. Iscariot. However, um, in pitching it for Flawless, I'm, I'm aware certain individuals don't like covers. And I'm... I love covers. My, um, well, he didn't love the three uh, Jeff Buckley covers. That's that that's three covers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Pisces, I've got, I've actually got three. So, I've, so um, Siamese Dream, Pisces Iscariot, and uh, Melancholy, cool. which are, are my three. And then sort of just faded away from that a little bit. Nice. Um, Fair and that, that happens, you know, yeah. exactly. But yeah. the psalm certainly um, very, well, I think it was my first one. And then today, and you know, saw the video for that. But yeah. uh, it was an interesting time, that sort of mid to late 90s. And mm-hmm. listened to this album specifically a lot in 97, 98, when I was in, at university. Uh, and it's always been there. And I suppose in, in, in looking at Flawless albums, I thought, despite that, you know, slightly longer time period or, or time on it, this is a great album. So, yes. Cool. Wow. Over to you. Had you heard of them? Have you <laughs> seen them? Come on, tell me, tell us how many times, George, you've seen um, The Pumpkins. Oh, my God. So, Smashing Pumpkins, I have seen them exactly zero times. Like, really? Correct. They have not played the festivals that I have been to. Okay. So, um... Them. I have not seen them. I could not afford to see them by the time that I wanted to see them. Okay. Um, but no, so I've not seen That's them. That's interesting. Live. However, um, I heard of the Smashing Pumpkins <laughs> because of Tonight Tonight on Melancholy oh, wow. and Infinite okay. Sermon, which came out when I was 10. Um, and um, just made. <laughs> <laughs> of course. So Sorry. that's how I know it's 95. Um, so it was 95, came out when I was 10. We got cable TV when I was eight. So I got access to MTV when I was eight years old. And it changed my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Tonight Tonight video is done in that old 1800s brand yeah. new style of mm-hmm. like um, cinema um, in like Victorian dress. And um, Darcy... Vertsky, yeah, is how do you, you pronounce it? Who yes. is the oh. bassist? Yes. Became my idol when I saw that video, and she was playing a double bass in Victorian gear, and I was like, "Who are you? <laughs> what are you? This song's amazing." Mm-hmm. So melancholy, I got on CDR. Sorry about that, smashing bumpkins, but I'm sure you'll be fine. Um, I got on CDR from a friend. Yes. Um, but yeah, it was just, um, I got into them that way. Um, and then backwards. Um, As what uh, happens sometimes. Yeah, backwards. A friend said Siamese Dream and put a compilation together and it had tonight. Uh, no, sorry, it had today, mm-hmm. ironically. So they had tonight on the melancholy and today yeah. on this one. Mm-hmm. And they said, learn to play this because I was learning the guitar. Yeah. So it is a classic guitar song. It is. Mm-hmm. And um, and easy with a, with a, 
um, intro. Easy intro. So um, I knew of the album. I didn't know the album. I knew Melancholy. And I was grateful that you didn't nominate Melancholy. Because, because it's not flawless. It's not <laughs> flawless. <laughs> Correct. It's a lot. It's, it's a, a lot. lot. You know, it is. a lot of it. Yeah. And that's the problem. And I think you know, my one of my favourite tracks and um, is "Bullet with Butterfly Wings." Yeah. And, right. And um, that was our rowing song in in our you know, January to March nineteen ninety six season because the world is a vampire. Mm-hmm. Well, you know. <laughs> and despite all my rage, I'm still just a rat in a cage. Like yeah. I said, just very, very I, youngster. Yeah, like, like angst. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, come on. I literally tweeted the other day, despite all my rage, I'm still in denial of my age. <laughs> so uh, yeah, and that got some response. Yeah. Um, but like 1979 from Melancholy is one of my favourite songs and one of my favourite videos of them like jumping into pools and having fun and like causing trouble and like mm. just being like reckless and mm. like when I was like 10 to 12 and I was watching that video that's all I wanted in life was mm. to go and like skate in someone's pool and like jump in the like climb over the fences and just stuff like that so anyways i went backwards but i didn't know the album okay so cool. this is the first time i've really and thoughts album. initially deep diving album mm, um thoughts first thoughts was this is a smashing pumpkins album yeah you go sure like there's no getting away from their no. sound and there's no getting away from Billy Corgan. No, there isn't. <laughs> For sure. Good. And we'll have to have a talk about that in a sec too. Sure. Yeah, like Liam, you, yeah. you could put anything on and I'd be like, Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. Like, yes. So, yeah. But anyway, Liam. Yes. Well, I was going to ask, Grant, have you seen them live? No. No, I haven't. I haven't. Right. I've heard mixed reviews mm-hmm. and that's probably now that has put me off yeah um, it's not they're not cheap it's not a cheap ticket anymore so not a cheap ticket and significant you, you, um time allowed for the musicians to show their skills mm-hmm. yeah um which as we were talking in, in the in the break in the recording sessions around dance albums are going to, yeah it's not you're not going to get necessarily what you've enjoyed on mm-hmm. the album yeah um so yes i i haven't i I think I watched a documentary. Does that count? Right. No. In, a, in, a, in a cinema um, no. with popcorn? No. no, no, it doesn't count. No. no. Sure. So, yeah, my Liam. first exposure to Smashing Pumpkins was Bull with Butterfly Wings. There you go. Uh, and I wasn't even listening to the radio stations that would have been playing it a lot when it came out. But yes. It, it had such a breakthrough that I still heard it and knew it. And then um, that's when Melancholy came out. I don't. I never listened to Melancholy that much. Okay. But I knew them well enough. It was too much from there. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't own Melancholy. It was. I think a friend of mine owned it, and we might have listened to it a few times because that's when we were hanging out a lot listening to music. Yes. And even he was like, "This is it's too much Billy." He, I think, he even offered to give it away or sell it to me because he was like, "It's too much Billy Corgan. I can't listen yeah. to two albums back too to back." Too much Billy Corgan. Um, but I own this album, so I've worked my way back. Okay. I own this and I own Gish. Don't okay. own Melancholy. Own Ava Adore, the one after yes. this one. I think. No, I'm no. Not, pa- I'm not sure about Pisces Iscariot. Pisces Iscariot was 1994. It's so a, it's before not, Melancholy. Before Melancholy, correct. Okay, right. So I don't own Snuck Pisces Iscariot. It's great. You can borrow my disc. Okay, cool. Find it. And, then, <laughs> and then I've got Ava Adore because I really quite like the sound where they took this it out was, after that. It was pretty cool. Um, and including, so then Perfect, which is the sequel song to 1979. And the film clip is a sequel to the song, film clip from okay. 1979. Oh, so it's got all the same actors, but now they're all like older and doing menial working jobs and wishing they were still young and partying and stuff. So it's oh my really... God, that sounds amazing. 
amazing. You should watch it. It's really cool. I will. Thank well, you. Watch the 1979 one again first and then watch yeah, Perfect because yeah. it's a sequel film. But Liam really gave cool. me homework. Yeah. <laughs> Liam gave me homework. So, yeah. Um, and the other thing is I have seen them live. Really? Oh. Twice. And, and how Twice. was it? Um, so the first time we saw them was for V-Fest. So when V-Fest was a huge UK festival, they tried to expand out to Australia. I think they only lasted two, maybe three years. But they smashed Pumpkins headline one year, and that was really cool. Um, it was, we're, a, it we're, was a festival set. I don't what even, year? Do you know? Do you remember? Um, I did write it down. It was 2008. Wow, wow good and, year. And then I saw them at the Tivoli in 2010 as like a full stage show. The Tivoli? Yeah. Smashing Pumpkins played yeah. the Tivoli. Because, here comes like the fun the, part. Top for your capacity or something stupid. Billy Corgan was the only remaining member left in the band. Oh. That was their phase where like... So Darcy, I think, left and never came back. Yes. Jimmy Chamberlain has been in and out of the band so yes. many times I've lost track. Correct. James left and has only recently come back, I think, in the last sort of four or five years. Uh, okay. But yeah, that was at a point where literally it was Billy Just and him. nobody else. Oh, wow. Um, so he so, owned the rights. Yeah, yeah, Pretty totally. Much. It's his band, it's his thing. He can just do whatever he wants to and get people okay, to excellent. come in. But Darcy, she was my idol. Yeah, like she quit. I think she quit after Ava Adore maybe. Oh, wow. Okay. And I don't think she oh, came. And I don't think she came back. So they, it wasn't was long after it was like early yeah. 2000s mm-hmm. I think wasn't it so yeah. you named the band um, Billy, do you want to name the band please well I think we just did so Billy Corgan on lead vocals guitar bass string, string arrangements mixing production James Iha on guitars and backing Darcy Retsky on bass guitar oh, Jimmy, Jimmy Chamberlain on, on drums. drums but then produced Spar well, Butch Vig Butch Vig he's done a couple of albums yes. so who's he's done, done some stuff never <laughs> He did never mind yes. by Nirvana, but he a was year earlier. He was also garbage. Like, so he he is in, garbage. He was in garbage. Yeah, yeah. He, was he started it. He, yeah, he was in garbage. Produced garbage, but he also produced and engineered Sonic Youth, L Seven, House of Pain, Helmet, AFI, Jimmy Eat World, who you may or may not know from other podcast episodes, and Foo Fighters, Green Day, Muse, that mm. you may know from previous episodes, and Against Me. And then it was mastered by Bob Ludwig, who has done Led Zeppelin, that you may know from previous episodes, <laughs> Lou Reed, Queen, you know, from, from previous, previous episodes, episode. Jimi Hendrix, Springsteen, and Nirvana. And it was also <laughs> mastered by Howie Weinberg, who's done Beastie Boys, U2, Nirvana, Madonna, PJ Harvey from previous episodes, Daft Punk, and Dire Straits from... Future episodes. <laughs> um, From possible future episodes. Potentially. So, so Butchvig also produced Gish. So he yes. did their he did their first album with them without sort of doing their breakthrough and then and he was on that was on a different record label. That wasn't yes. a co- yeah, they, or something. Yeah, I think they were I think they were on a smaller one, Virgin yes. Records being one of the, the huge ones the at, at the time. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's sort of um yeah. So do you know about the history of the album and all the stuff they went through to while they were recording it? Please illuminate me. I did read a little bit about he was certainly um, Billy wasn't so, the happiest guy. It's not even it's no, and it's not even just his album either. So Jimmy Chamberlain, who plays drums, Sig- yeah, long, significant, well documented issues with drugs. Issues, use. yes. In and out, in uh, and out of the band re- multiple times. They keep, like they're like this is it, Jimmy. If you don't give you up this time, you can't be in the come band. Back. And then it's he'd over. be like, yeah, I know. I definitely quit this time. Straight back into it. They'd kick him out. Bring him back. Ongoing. Kick him out. Bring him oh, back. Like it's it's, so it's all this. It's yeah. It's really horrendous. So they actually recorded this album in Marietta, Georgia, 
the Triclops Studios there. And one of the reasons they did that is so they could avoid like their local friends and distractions and stuff, and also to cut Chamberlain off from his known drug Recorded, connections. Oh, December 92, March 90 to March 93. Yeah. Wow. Debuted didn't, number didn't 10 work. in the top 10. He, he would disappear for days at a time yeah. and just be fucked up and come back and be fucked up. So it was just, yeah. He tried, they tried to disconnect him from it and then they just couldn't, it, you know. Find, just, the addicts find a way. Addicts find a way. Yeah, so, they do. Yeah. So just that addiction. And Billy Corgan, well known, this isn't the first time it's come up, like perfectionist and megalomaniac. Yep. Like everything has to be exactly the Perf- way he wants yeah. it to be. Yeah. Everything has to be perfect. You know, he'll put himself through the ringer to try and get things perfect. Yeah. But then he expects to be able to put other people through the ringer to try and get things perfect. And that, yeah, I think that has that has caused... Because like we it's, said, people have left the band, people come back to the band. I think, you know, they would have fights with him, leave the band, make up those fights or want to come back or, you know, yeah. would come back for, for whatever, whatever reason, reason, leave again. Like it's all just a big, like, he's the one, he's the one that's always there. So then um, when I saw them... There was a guy, did I write it down? Uh, I didn't write it down. I think his name was Mike Bryan or Mike Ryan or something on mm-hmm. drums. Looked like he was about 18 years old. He was amazing. He was an amazing drummer. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like looking up trying to find out what he did after this. Oh, because wow. after he, I saw he was in the band both times, 2000 and 2010. Oh, wow. Okay. Left, soon, left soon after. So I just feel like. Comes back to the same pe- guy. People just, like, they can only so, be around Billy for so long and then they're like, okay, I need to step away to for my own sanity. Musical differences. Yeah, absolutely. And he, and he's just got, and they, you know, he, they talked about this. Um, so even Butch Vig said, um, Billy and I raised the bar really high. We wanted to make an ambitious sounding record. It was all done on analog tape. Yeah. I'll read so that. Wow. they were recording everything and cutting it by hand. Yes. Um, they're working 12 hours a day, six days a week for about three months. And then the last few months we worked seven days a week, 14 or 15 hours because we were behind schedule. So this, this album is just this chaos of Billy redoing parts. Like he would, I think there was stuff that like, if, if he didn't like the guitar playing, he'd redo the guitar yep, part himself. On his own, yes. You've got Jimmy Campbell being in and out of the studio with his drug problems and that sort of stuff. Like it's just real chaos. And they got... One of the founding members of REM. Yeah, Mike, Mike Mills, Mills played piano on one of the songs. On Soma. Yeah, but that was oh. like, so like, um, so his desire for music perfection, like they were already frayed the relationships between the band members. So Vig would say, Darcy would lock herself in the bathroom. James would just like go quiet and not say anything. And then Billy would lock himself in the control room and not like, it was just. Unhealthy. Hard... The, the, the end version is, I'm surprised we got an album. Let alone, yeah. a, let alone a good album and one that lots of people hold up as like one of the really great models of... Yeah, right. The, the one style. of the greatest albums of the 1990s, I yeah. read somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lots, of, lots of critics, all that sort of stuff. It went yeah. to number seven in Australia, number three in Canada, number three in New Zealand, number four in the UK, number 10 in the US, and it went platinum in Australia and New Zealand, with times four platinum in Canada and US, and gold in the UK, Netherlands, and Sweden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just... Imagine what they could have done if they'd been an actual cohesive unit. They, they could have been like the number one album of all time. Yeah. I mean, it would have been interesting to see them touring at that time, like in yeah. mid, like late 93, mm-hmm. 94, 95, like how like, I dysfunctional it was. Because I saw the Pixies play like one of their, one of their early reunions. You know how they were broken up for ages and then yes, yes, reunion? Yes. Yeah. I saw them play then and I imagine it was a lot like that where the four of them stood on their own little areas didn't look at each other didn't talk to each other just did their thing and just and then oh like, that's uncomfortable <laughs> wow, that's like going and like, sad eh? like, yeah, like, yeah, let's be yeah. clear like these are your life that's 
last like last yeah. mates or so like, we I have seen them in live since then and they're better now but it feels like that first one was really like you know strained oh like they only did it because they weren't getting together because they were friends and they wanted to make music they got it because money. there was money there was a money opportunity Incentives. but it feels like as a patron it's part of a custody battle yeah and it's it's not a great show you yeah. come you come it's away from a great the show, show going that wasn't what no. I wanted it to be and that wasn't as you fun as it could have been you to play off each other yeah yeah. So the, the album. How do you remember the concerts? I mean, you said they were both good. Yeah, yeah, they were both cool. Um, so you t- you spoke earlier about wanting the good stuff. Yeah. So I remember in the Tivoli show they played lots of the stuff like the singles and that sort of thing. Okay. They played them all faster than they do on the records. Really. And it really and Michelle and I because Michelle and I were talking about it, yeah. my wife and she was at both shows and she was like the one thing she remembers is like Bullet with Butterfly Wing Zero, all those like the really hooky big singles. They played them super fast and you couldn't get into the, yeah, into the groove yeah. of it because out, out of a, either a desire to be like we hate you know Billy doesn't like these songs anymore yes. so we're just going to squeeze them out and get rid of them or hey we're going to play around and see what we can do yeah. but so they didn't play them the way they sound so it was yeah there were four singles yes. from here mm-hmm. Cherub Rock Today yep. Disarm and Rocket mm. yeah so can I talk to you about this Today so Cherub Rock was uh, number 43 in the 1993 Hottest 100 Today was number 25 in the 1994 Hottest 100, number 40 in the all-time Hottest 100 that was conducted in 1998, and then number 78 in the all-time Hottest 100 that was conducted in 2009. And so it, pretend, still, it pretends it's really pretty, but yes. it's actually quite dark. Yes. It is. Absolutely, yes. So um, it starts with, today is the greatest day I've ever known. I can't wait for tomorrow. Tomorrow's much, much too, too long. Too long. And you're like, okay. And then it progresses. And then mm. it's like, oh no, tomorrow is bad times. Yeah. Like tomorrow, today's so good because tomorrow is epic bad times. Mm-hmm. But yet it sounds so pretty. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's got a pretty voice. Yeah. He does so it's, it's that thing of mostly. Like, oh, oftentimes, you know, people, when they're singing songs, it'll be like, oh, about to people who are down. They'll be like, you know, this is, you're at the bottom. Tomorrow, everything will get better and things mm, will only get better like, from here. And he's just like flipped that in 50. He's like, no, no, today is like the best that could be, possibly be. Yeah. Tomorrow could only be worse. And yeah, such a great single. Um, and yeah, like charted and mm. did well and uh, um, tricked people into thinking <laughs> that today is the greatest and tomorrow will be better. But actually, tomorrow's mm. a shit show. And um, mm. right now, it's all you're going to get. But what a film clip. Great film What clip. an amazing video. I remember seeing the video, even like after seeing Hot um, Bullet with Butterfly Wings, I remember like it was, today was just all over the MTV, as you said, all the time. Just remember seeing it over and over yeah, again. Exactly. Really cool. Driving in the ice cream van, getting yeah. kicked out at the end. It's all really awesome. Yeah. But it builds up to like that really cool crescendo too. Like it's, it's doing the verse chorus up at the start and then it kicks up into another level. And it's um, so grungy. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, so you open with Cherub Rock with the guitar. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, drum yeah. roll. Drum yeah. roll. Yeah, and guitar, drum roll bass, off it goes. drops. Absolutely. So guitar. And they do the guitar line in um, Cherub Rock. Um, everything's um, at a low level. And then one guitar line comes in at a higher pitch. So you're like, oh, I have to pay attention. <laughs> and then it all combines again. <laughs> And then uh, it comes back in a higher pitch. And then um, because um, Billy's voice comes in and it's unique, like amongst the other... The plethora and their time, I suppose, as well. At their time. Um, You're like, hello, 
this is totally Smashing Pumpkin. Um, but then, um, yeah, the guitar solo is epic as well. So, like, he comes in with guitars and James comes in with guitars. There are rolling bass lines, mm-hmm. which Darcy's coming in with. She's really good. They're all, like, this is, listening to this, you're like, well, how did these four people who very clearly could not be in a room together functional work? But they're all such amazing musicians at what they do that it's just like, well, I'm just glad we were able to get something out of the four of you and not just like you got into a room one time and hated each other and left and never, never I'm played gonna put again. It, I'm going to put it down to Butch and say yeah. he is a oh, I reckon, yeah. He yeah. knows how to manage, manage musicians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like manage egos, manage musicians and just get them all along the same line. Yeah. But in there, there is a line which I love. Like, I've got the next line onto that added on as well. So <laughs> lyric buddies, but also where he says, "But beware, all those angels with their wings glued on." Nice. Yeah. Mm. I love the fact that in like ninth three, he's talking about hipsters. <laughs> and then people are ju- like people talk about hipsters in the last five years. Um, mm-hmm. Like it's a new thing. It's like hipsters yeah. have been around for, since the twenties. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like the pumpkins are talking about it in ninth three. So but I love I love that idea of angels with their wings glued on. So like angels who are trying to look like they're angels, but they're actually fakes. Yeah, I think yeah. Bailey has a big problem with like people who are fake and like just not credible. It's like yeah. people who try and tell you things and act in certain ways, but they're just not you know they're not genuine. So I think that yeah, that's a really cool imagery. And it went to number seven in the U.S. airplay charts. So it was like there are so many stupid charts on the US. strange charts, like airplay charts, oh man, and indie charts, charts and old yeah. charts, and just like stuff was like Tuesday night, you know, yeah, yeah, sun setting chart. So Grant, what are some of your favourite songs that you want to? Well, hit I think on you know, going, um, you know, of course, the Cherry Brock. You know, I like that. You know, you go into quiet and it's not quiet at all. And he's, mm. you know, I'm sleeping here, but it, the whole thing's not about being you know, quiet. It's, yeah. a, it's yeah. a lie. Full on, really. it's like, about yeah. like this is like, come on, man. Today we spoke to... Um, Something that I noticed that I'd never... Know, like, listening to this album as from my flawless years yeah. again, he's a really slow singer. Mm. He, ne- he never sings fast. Everything is really carefully and well thought out. Like, if you listen to the pattern of his vocals, it's always just, like, just very carefully saying things. He's never, like, rushing to get through a line. The, like, even even in the big power rock songs where you could possibly forgive him for, you know, banging stuff out, yeah. he never does. He's always got this slow, very careful, methodical pace to his to his lyrics. Yeah. Lo- really cool. Loved Hummer yeah. is one of mine. Um, just a great intro, intro, and then it's a guitar, and it's quite a step away, I feel, from today. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got the lyrics. Of course, Disarm. Which yeah, so talk to us about Disarm because this was the one that grabbed you. But it doesn't sound like it doesn't really sound like it's something that doesn't really sound like it that doesn't they would sound do like very it. often. Do you know what Disarm sounds sound like to me? Exactly. Sounds well, like orchestra. Tonight, tonight. No, Disarm sounds like Hole. 
Yeah. So. Yeah. The whole thing, because they, they had a connection. Yeah, Billy Corgan and, and, Billy Corgan and, and, and Courtney. And Courtney have got a history, yeah. History. Yes, they do. And um, when I was listening to the song properly, I was like, there's a real whole vibe here. Okay. Like, separate from the rest of the album. Mm. But, yeah, there's a real whole vibe with the acoustic and the church bells. And then there's oh. strings. Yeah. Strings, 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 come on, how could string I not love it? There yeah. are three different people huh? in charge of string arrangements yeah. in this album. <laughs> um, but yeah, but in there, there were the lyrics. I didn't need to look. <laughs> lyric buddies. Lyric buddies. Yeah. So, um, so but that, I mean, it doesn't have a lot of lyrics that song. So no, if, no, if we're going to grab something, chances are we're always going to grab it. But yeah, just super cool, acoustic, yeah, but, big flourish. But third single. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they were like, oh, this song, few lyrics, strings, the complicated kind of track. and like. What was the date of that release, sorry, the third single? Do you have it? Um, for the song? I'm just trying to recall why. March 22, 1994. So if I go to, to America in April 94, that's why so I've come radio back with the song and yeah. I haven't heard yeah. the other two. There the, you go. The funniest yeah. thing about that is that one didn't get into the Hottest 100. They did a Thin Lizzy cover called Dancing in the Moonlight as the B-side. That was in the Hottest 100. No, no way. In, 19, in um, 93, number 90. So yeah, that is interesting. That's really cool. But yeah, like, and then so that's like your big epic sweeping one, mm. which I think yeah. is a prequel song to Tonight. Oh, on the next on the next album because that's the big epic sweeping one as well. So you've got today and tonight, like today's the day. No, not today. Sorry, the song. The song. The song. And, then and then I think tonight tonight, tonight, tonight is like it's the sweeping epic one. But it's like we took the bits that we learnt from that and turned it into this even bigger or more awesome thing. All the strings and church bells. Yeah. Oh, well, again, it is, eh? And tonight tonight's all about that. Yeah, as totally. well. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Um, then on to Soma with um, it's guitar. mellow again, mm, slow and melodic. Hey. It's really quiet. Keeps it low key, but it's nearly it's like six and a half minutes, so about halfway through. Yeah. He goes, nah, and kicks it up into a, like back into the Billy, back into the big rock song again. But they they are the vocals in octaves, so okay. like the harmonies are done like the ah, ah. so um like that's the harmonies and stuff like that, which is really nice. But there's strings with guitar solo, and then the big full band behind guitar solo mm. with a quiet outro. But then it had lyrics of which are so. Pumpkins. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, yeah, that's Corgan. <laughs> yeah, oh, really. just, I don't know I don't know what any of these songs are really about. He hides that. Like it's, obviously <laughs> they're about things to him. But he coaxes, he draws his lyrics and he draws his imagery in such a way that it's never, oh, this is the song about how he feels about this thing. Or that, like, it's all just, yeah, I never just, know what any of the songs are about, is the short version. Which is funny because in Geek USA, which is Rocky, and mm-hmm. the drums are epic, I would say, on that one. Um, but the lyrics were reminiscent of The Cure for me. Okay. okay. So in there, they, like, he talks about Siamese twins, mm-hmm. which is like, um, title remiss- of the album. 
totally am him. But he says, kiss, kiss, all of this, the line that we miss. And it's like, there are cure lyrics which are all like, mm. kiss, kiss this, kiss yeah. this, oh, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah. stuff okay. like that. that and so it made me think, and like when I was reading through the whole lyrics, it made me think it was reminiscent of it because it was like dreamy um, and then it went into grungy. So, so it like has that lift and drop in it, which um, was really nice to listen to. But I didn't understand why it was called Geek USA. No. This that is, made this is sense. just Billy being his billiness. billiness. Billi- yeah, that's a Billy. Yeah, yeah like things. mayonnaise. What the fuck is it called, yeah. mayonnaise? Yeah, and he gets asked a lot with, about with, that. But I great, it's probably one of my um, favorite tracks as well, to be honest. There's also like there's a, there's a very grunge element to that of like random words. Like he, an image obviously came into his head, and he just and Nirvana do the same thing. He's like, there's stuff in there. It's like, what is that? Why is that word there? And you just like you just have to go with it because it's grunge. Yeah. So but, talk to us about mayonnaise, Grant. Oh, it's just a, I think it's just a wonderful piece of music end to end to be um, for mine. And loved, loved the lyrics and Uh, no, that's really cool. Um, like it's yeah, very awesome. Billy. Like I think you, he, I don't think they make a lot of sense. And yeah, things, you know, yeah. They, they accept. He, I he well, finds true. words that fit together and the image and the phrases that mm-hmm. fit together more probably more important than actually yeah. describing stuff that he sees. Because in the same track, he says, "We'll try and ease the pain, but somehow we'll feel the same. Or well, no one knows where the secrets go." You're like, mm-hmm. okay. Lyric buddies on that one. Lyric buddies, yeah. No one knows where the secrets go. It's yeah. like when the like darkest, beautifulest things that you could possibly write. Mm. And that's like it opens super quietly, like a few of the other ones have. Yeah. And then yeah. launches, but not into like the big banger style like some of the other no. ones. It like launches up to a level and then holds that level and then has some of those punchier parts, but then just goes the low fade out as well. Yeah. It fades out as it fades in, mm. isn't it? And then the tracks 11 and 12 are like counterpoints. So track 11, Silver Fuck. Yeah, so this, was, this was my favourite one on the album. You've I enjoyed saying that because that's 8 minutes 42. Nearly 9 minutes, But, yeah. but yep. Sweet Sweet is 1 minute 39. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they're like opposites. Yeah. And they put them next to each other and I've got little hearts next to them. Um, but yeah, so silver fuck, grungy guitar, driving drums, feedback noise, mm. and it's all about the instruments mm. like in that track. Yeah. So they're solos. There's big empty spaces with no yes. vocals, which is unrare, which is unusual for this album because usually Billy's singing all over everything. It. Yeah, exactly. There's like near silence for mm. certain periods mm. and stuff. And yeah. I so said it was almost psychedelic. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Real sure. thrashing, real intensity, and then, fast-paced guitar, drums. There's a drum solo with the one-minute mark. Yeah. Like no. we're, we're only a minute in, and we're already pausing. <laughs> so um, Jimmy Chamberlain can do a thing, and then it's got that barreling momentum, and it only that, so that takes through about three minutes, and then it pauses, and that's when he does all the soft stuff for like three or four minutes. Yeah. Um, and he says.
nice. so is it about Courtney who knows it's one of those things that it's like every time who you knows? hear a song it's like they're, they're, I think they both said all their love songs are about you know Courtney says all his love songs are about her and she says and yes. he says all her, her love songs are about uh, him and who knows okay. what the hell's going on who knows on. but yeah so it's quiet for a really long time and then just pow everything comes crashing back in for a real big outro which is really awesome nice hmm? and then we've got um one thing is Luna as an outro is like for an album it's so soft and sweet with like the drums coming like the strings they use a whammy bar on the guitar so it helps that kind of wow wow mm-hmm. kind of noise um and um it includes lyrics of I'm so in love with you and who doesn't want yeah. to hear that? Oh, Luna's kind of like almost like that pure love song where you it you, is you can almost feel like, yeah, like connect more with what he's saying exactly. It's the, possibly the nicest way to end an album yeah. mm. is just to say, I'm in love with you. Mm. It's just like, oh, I can give this to someone. Just, yeah. And they can go through the whole journey of confusing lyrics and yeah. finally go, I've got one I'll lyric. That one. I can, yeah, I can get it. I can get, get it. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. What a nice thing to say, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's so not to psalm you with a smile. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's so sweet. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's awesome. Cool. Um, but we've not touched on Rocket, mm-hmm. which is Roof Roof, Drubble Riff. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, this is where his vocals are really breathy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which I like because they've layered the guitars and bass in a really nice way. Um, and he sings. Mm. He got demons, that man. Yeah. So there was like stuff we didn't go into the details, got- but throughout the production of this album there's a lot of stuff that he said since that yeah. he was having very dark thoughts potentially suicidal thoughts and yes. he was battling with a lot of the demons and I, I think that's why he was trying to make the album so perfect is like if I can if I can something make, you can control if I can make it perfect exactly it, it, maybe that'll help In, me and if I, if I put out something that I don't like that's just going to make the voices worse so it's sort of yeah a real juggling action there but um, Rocket has a big finish like it's the end of a live set so the fi- you get to the finish and then you get to but it's not the, over, but the crashing and the clashing of the drums and the guitar parts as if they were nice. playing the end of the thing and then, and then it's like well we're only halfway through but it's yeah it's yeah. a cool way to end a song mm. Grant yes. any final things we haven't touched on before or do you want to jump into your no, final pitch we've done all the songs I think I think just about pretty much yeah so it's been a great chat regardless of, of what the outcome is so no I mean from a, from a final pitch perspective I think if you don't know the Smashing Pumpkins. I think this is a great album to listen to end to end. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. On the basis of we've all came, you know, I, I, you know, I had the singles first. You guys came in with two sets of ears yourself and you never listened to it or seen them live, George. Um, and I, 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 um, I think musically it's amazing. I think it's, it's a credit to the, having researched how the album was produced, that it's on analogue and the effort required and the dynamics from a from a group perspective, probably we we suppose held together by Butch. Um, it's an incredible piece of work. I I do think it stood um, a significant test of time. And and the singles with with you know today most people in our age will know that one certainly um, and potentially disarm. 
I love the longer tracks towards the end and I think that it, add, it adds gravitas to the album and I think um, incredibly well produced. You can see that this, is, this has had a lot of love um, in, in its development and I love, you know, so from Cherub Rock where, yep, this is, Simon, this is Smashing Pumpkins, you know that, right through to Luna, which is a mellower, much mellower closer. I think it's an amazing album. I don't notice that it's an hour and two minutes um, and <laughs> for that reason... I propose it's flawless. Um, over to you, Liam, the man who has owned the album yep. and lived this. Lived seen, it. The only man who's seen the them live. The only man who's seen them live, yes. possibly ever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, had, I, I own it, but I, I remember all the singles from it. I've always been a big singles band, singles guy with mm-hmm. Smacky Pumpkins. I know all the singles really well. Always yes. love them. I think I've got one of their best ofs. Love, always loved the singles. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is my first time really doing that deep dive in and then hearing about what they went through to, to make the album. And I've, I've always known that Billy was that megalomaniac character and also always known there's always been a lot of friction. That's one of the, you know, rock's worst kept secrets or whatever, that there's always been a lot of friction, band members leaving, coming, doing whatever. But hearing about exactly what they went through, like I said, it's amazing that the album yeah. came to fruition at all. And they didn't, yeah, you know, right. after day 100 or whatever it is, they didn't just go, you know what, this is not worth it. And we all just go our separate ways and Billy can just become a solo musician with backing people, yes. which is what he signed and became anyway. Anyway. <laughs> um, so yeah, first half of the album, Carob Rock, Today, <clears throat> Quiet, they're all awesome. Hummer and Rocket Disarm, they're really cool. The back half, some of the longer ones, they you know they start to get a little bit too long for me. Okay. But the thing that really trips me up is Silverfuck is an amazing song. Yes. So good. But the bit where it's quiet needed to be about half as long. Okay. Because eventually, by the time, like it's it's got momentum, and I there's heaps of songs that are like this. They've got momentum, they go really quiet, and then they barrel back up to it. Mm. But this is quiet for longer than the loud parts, and I'm just like, by the time I get through it, it's lost all no. the momentum to me altogether. Okay. The other problem is this should be the last song on the album. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The way Silverfuck plays and ends, like the it's the big epic number. It's nine yes. minutes. It ends on this really big barreling crescendo. Yes. I didn't need anything else after that. Done. Finished. And I think Butch Vig, who's so good at making tight pop, you know, garbage and even Nirvana, like the yeah. he's so good at reining stuff in. I think on the, in this case, he was looking at all the things that were going on around him, and he was like, I. I feel like he probably would have made it shorter if he had control, if it was in, but he didn't have control. So he was like, you know what? I'm just going to do the best job I can mm-hmm. in the circumstances, in the circumstances provided. And I'm going to be glad that we got an album out. And I'm, I'm glad they got an album out because it's really good. Yes. But I couldn't call it flawless because it just, yeah, it needed someone to go, to go, no, you know, no, this really. is enough. We need to do this. We need to shorten these little bits here and there, especially in, in Silver Fuck in the last couple of songs. Yeah. But. Which then again, if he allowed himself to be controlled like that, he wouldn't be who he is and he wouldn't be the musical person that he is. So maybe we wouldn't get what we get, which is still really cool, but I wouldn't call it flawless. Thanks very much. George. Hello. How are we? (laughs) How am I? I'm doing well. Thanks. I'm never in doubt. Thanks for checking in. Um, So look, it's over an hour long. So if you don't like what the Smashing Pumpkins are about, <laughs> don't, don't listen. That's a good. This won't change your mind. This won't change your mind. <laughs> but none of their albums would. If you don't, no. if you're sort of not into them, there's no album that you go, well, this is the one that you'll probably like, even if you don't like. The because rest the of one stuff. I jumped in on is Melancholy, which is a double album. Yes. And you're... even I wouldn't say that was flawless. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'd not listened to this um, album properly all the way through. 
So I happen to like the Smashing Pumpkins and the way that they sound. I happen to like Billy Corgan's voice, which other people do not. A lot yeah. of people don't like. You would voice. have to. Yes. Yeah. So um, that is really good. Um, they were part of the grunge movement, but they stood out. Mm. I'd say mm. from the way they produced things, they brought strings in in such a way that made me fall in love with Darcy. Because watching the Tonight Tonight like video um, was just like epic for me. Um, so yeah, like her with the double bass dressed in Victorian garb, um, playing strings was epic. So um, the. Unlike Liam, I thought that Silverfuck was perfectly placed to lead us into the epilogue of the okay. album. Um, and um, like Grant, it surprised me that it was over an hour because I don't have the attention span because I have ADHD. So I'm usually focusing on some one thing for an hour is a struggle. However, despite... The long album, and despite the fact that um, other people might find Smashing Pumpkins or Billy Corgan a struggle, I actually found this album to be flawless. Hmm. Um, end to end, I liked the flow of the album. I liked the musicianship. I liked the abstract lyrics, and I liked the blatant lyrics. And I thought that some of it was just perfectly lovely. So, from my perspective, I would say this album is flawless, and I would like to thank Grant for presenting it to you. Yeah, thank you. Oh, excellent. Thank you. Um, perfectly lovely, I think you said. Is that right? lovely. That could be a... I like that. <laughs> thanks, George, and thanks, Liam. That was, that was an excellent um, episode. And thanks, everyone, for listening. We've got Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are Flawless, AMP, and all of those. So you can join the conversation, share or like our posts, or give us a rating. Remember, every little bit helps us find more music lovers like you. As mentioned, we also have that Patreon at patreon.com forward slash flawless AMP. If you'd like to back us, please check that out. So whilst we didn't get uh, Smashing Pumpkin Siamese Dream over the line this time, the journey and the quest continues. continues. See you all next time. <laughs>